So have you have you been consuming any uh, Star Trek outside of the the show lately, or not really? Not lately. Not really since um, the. Uh, since I finished season two of Discovery, because I okay. I let my I let my CBS All Access at the time um, lapse at that point, and mm-hmm. so haven't like and, and yeah, I haven't really watched much like old Star Trek or anything other outside of what we've done. Every now and then, I will. I guess all I would say is every now and then I'll end up going on like a random memory alpha rabbit trail. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you watching right now? I'm so so I'm actually when when I do watch I'm I'm watching I'll occasionally watch the the new it's not new but the the more recent run of Mystery Science Theater 3000 like the the Netflix original oh, yeah, yeah, series yeah. that they mm-hmm. did um mm-hmm. uh, which is which has been pretty entertaining it's been fun they have like some good talent on that uh and then mm-hmm. I'm I'm also kind of intermittently watching Avatar the Last Airbender the like Nickelodeon show just oh, cuz I've yeah. I've heard from a bunch of people that it's like very very good um Is it It's I I haven't gotten super far it's it's fine like it's it's quite okay. you know it's <laughs> it's one of those that's like it's very definitely a kids show it's but it's it's fine it's a, it's engaging i'm like interested to see where it goes mm-hmm. so but yeah i, I do keep uh, intending to watch to go watch season three of discovery especially because because like the ads for season three were really what made me decide to watch discovery in the first place that i kept seeing mm-hmm. these ads for season three and i was like well that looks kind of cool and interesting i should start watching discovery so that i can get to that point and now that i've gotten to that point i've never actually gone and watched season three yet but yeah i well i'm sure i'll probably actually like mark the occasion on the podcast when this actually happens but i'm guessing that by the time this episode comes out i will have finished deep space nine and I, I would think I think I would actually say officially that it's like my favorite Star Trek show. I, I really, really. That's interesting. That's cool. Love it. Which I I never would have thought, but it's it's right. it's so good. And then yeah, I th- I think we'll be moving on to uh, Voyager. You're gonna pretty start in Voyager. Nice. Yep. So that's uh that's exciting. I I feel like I should now I feel like I should like watch Deep Space Nine or maybe like skip ahead and watch Enterprise. Like I feel like I should keep up with my Star Trek literacy. You're gonna know. You're gonna have seen all of it and all have still been like, well, I've seen I saw some a while ago and then I stopped. Yeah, it would be kind of fun. I mean, it, it is sort of fun to watch one of the like the the one thing that I, I I'm gonna watch all the Star Trek shows and and it's I'm excited, but I'm also like there's there I think the podcast might lose a little something. Not not even it'll gain some things for sure, but it also might lose like the kind of fun of us dropping into one of the shows and being like what what's, what's, what's happening who are these people but yeah it, it could be kind of fun if you watched enterprise while i was watching voyager During and then it, we yeah. could we would each have one show that only we had seen uh, yeah. i guess you've never seen animated series either that's true but yeah i have i have thought about that i, I feel like i'd be interested to see like what exactly happens in enterprise because i feel like i still don't have a yeah. good sense of that from the ones we've seen i do i do hope you do watch ds9 at some point though because it's it is really good yeah i mean i really should watch it just because it sounds like everyone that has watched it i think everyone that's watched it all is like a big big fan yeah i know i know um one of our listeners probably the only person i know hi mark who is who has seen who has listened to every episode of the show uh, i believe he is not a fan of of ds9 oh, yeah. and he it's like maybe his like least favorite or one of his least favorite star trek shows um and i understand where he's coming from but like yeah, I think yeah, it's it's really almost it kind of reminds me of. Do you remember watching the Clone Wars, the the, the Clone Wars show for the first time, and kind of being like, yeah, oh, I'm watching this thing, and it's kind of weird, but like that's actually kind of good, like in ways that I didn't think a cartoon would be, and then and then like by the time you get done with it, you're like, actually, it's really good, and and like I cried during some of the episodes, almost, you know, like like right. it, it kind of like has that thing where it's 
like it starts out this disparate you, you thing and it just kind you of kind of don't notice when it gets really like good and involves you a lot yeah and then suddenly you're like rom uh, like how, how is rom one of the best star trek characters like this frangie <laughs> that's in 30 episodes of the show as like a comic relief character yeah it it, it does i don't know it, it really and we've talked about it enough at this point but like i i can't i can't say enough about how how much i've turned around on it it's just it's that's really, fascinating really good. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And despite our DS9 and Enterprise talk in the cold open there, we are actually <laughs> talking about Survival Instinct, which is Season 6, Episode 2 of Voyager. Yep, you were trying to get to Voyager, and I, I kind of derailed you by getting you talking about Deep Space Nine again. Yeah, I. it's, it's funny because Kim and I know we're going to watch Voyager soon and so every time we watch an episode we're kind of like this is when we will rewatch or we won't you know when we, when we get to- <laughs> yeah this one i think got a soft won't but it's you know not wasn't terrible or anything i i thought it was going to be worse than it ended up being just because i'm i'm kind of becoming very very uh wary of of borg episodes on on uh voyager after yeah. you know previous experiences but this one is definitely better than the last one we watched uh with the borg in it so yeah this episode is written by ronald d moore who is what like he's like the head honcho right now of star trek at this point right uh, uh i think he might have been by the, this point was it not yeah i think this was post I, that that one i'm never sure of like the main like rick berman brandon braga ronald d moore like when that shift over happened but yeah i think by this point probably yeah i think he is one of the main guys and then yeah and then directed by terry windell uh the memory alpha synopsis is seven encounters three ex-borg with whom she had been temporarily separated from the collective eight years previously it's a weirdly worded sentence but yeah it is yeah so this is a borg episode and i would say kind of like every Borg episode that we've done for uh, Voyager, it has added in some information about the Borg that I find to be unwelcome, but it did it in, I would say, like a a less, a less, uh, a way that makes a little bit more sense than it sometimes does for the show. Um, So I, yeah, I'm curious to see what you thought of this as we kind of go on. And I didn't, didn't love it, but I, I, I liked it more than I thought it would. I I, I thought it would mostly, I think just because I think Jerry Ryan is a good, is like an underrated uh, actress on the show. Um, she does a good yeah, job. Yeah, I think her performances are are quite good. And I've I've listened to it was another podcast, but pe- people talk about this before about how like you kind of don't realize the acting talent because the character itself is kind of cold and like doesn't have a huge emotional range by nature of the character. Yeah, but that the actual like talent it takes to portray that is like pretty impressive and like she does a good job of of being very like subtle with kind of what she is actually feeling and going through without absolutely being able to rely on kind of traditional what sort of actors are traditionally able to to pull on as far as like bringing emotions to bear yep yeah i think she she in in this episode is is very good and it's a uh especially like this is one that i think got like i wasn't sure where it was going and it kind of dragged for a while and then got good for me like the the sort of twist at the end i thought was was actually very good and like kind of pulled it all together for me and like i I felt like it hit pretty well for me when the big reveal happened the stuff at the very end i think like it works it works like whether or not they're borg like them being borg is almost like incidental you could have you could have an epic like 
an episode that was like about this subject matter and have them not be Borg. And so like, that was okay with me. It's more of like the flashbacky stuff. Yeah. Well, Borg that, that I see, see like even that, much. that, yeah. So there's, there's that thing at the end with like them that I'll see how much of that I'm up to getting into, but, but even like, yeah, I agree. Like most of the flashbacky stuff kind of dragged and like was not entertaining or enjoyable to watch until the very, like until the big reveal on that sense, which, um, which I like, but it, I guess I can stop talking vaguely and just kind of t- get into the episode. <laughs> yeah, take us, take us in. Yep. So, so it does start out with a flashback of a Borg ship crashing on a planet, and there's uh, there's four sort of Borg survivors, and one of them is Seven of Nine back when she was a Borg, and then there's these other three Borg, and they are kind of all together. Sort of they they find out that for whatever reason this this crash has separated their like they've lost their link to the bigger Borg collective um Mm -hmm. and so kind of they sort of as a unit to kind of function of you know they talk very they keep talking to each other saying like this is what we should do and they're all like agreed and they all kind of go off to to basically set up a distress beacon so that the Borg will be able to come and find them. Well, something too that I uh, I learned, you probably already knew this, but that Seven is, uh, you know, we, we talked about Unimatrix Zero, that weird dreamland and a couple episodes of Voyager ago. And this in this episode, we learned that Seven is part of Unimatrix One. Yeah. So I don't think we've, I don't think they've, in the episodes we've seen, we have not seen that before. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of her, like, it's one of those things where, like, she has, like, a full name, which is, like, seven of nine tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix one, I think, or something yeah. like that. Like, she has, like, a sort of position within the the board. Um, yeah. And so Unimatrix is some sort of, like, subdivision of drones, I guess. Like, sort of a squad, almost. Yep. And, and so, yeah, and so they, they all kind of crash and like start going about trying to, trying to survive on this planet. And then we kind of go after the, after the intro, we go to the present day in which Voyager has docked at this space station basically and they're kind of taking some time there to resupply but also you know crew from voyager going on to the space station and then they're allowing people to come on to voyager and like doing this very like cultural exchange and there's these kind of supposed i guess supposed to be comic scenes where it's like chakotay <laughs> and the captain and tom paris and harry cam are like showing off like here's like these random things that they've given us and yeah they... we don't know what this big bulky arm thing does and yeah there's like a, there's like a plant with like moving with like like prehensile yeah like, the, the chain like he's and, being like oh no it's got me and and there's there's a like later on there's there's some some sort of sport that takes place with like giant multi-headed rackets that yeah Harry Cram and Tom Paris try to play thinking it's like tennis, but it's actually you hit each other or like, or something. Yeah, like, like they, for, they, they really it's kind of unclear like, how, but like they do something wrong and the whole thing sort of devolves into a big bar fight. Yeah. Um, and, and that I think is the only scene with, this is another one where this is very much a seven of nine episode and every other character gets sort of one scene where they like make an appearance being like, hello, I'm Robert Duncan McNeil. I'm appearing in the credits and getting paid and therefore will appear yeah. on the show. <laughs> The doctor's in it a little bit. The doc- doctor. Yeah, there's some good doctor scenes, scenes yeah. um, and a couple of a couple of good Janeway scenes. A, a couple of Janeway appearances, I guess, in general. But but yeah, it's very very much focused on. And so as they're kind of interacting with all these people, you f- you see these three these three people that are uh, communicating with each other. It's I guess technically it's not telepathically, but it's like they're communicating with each other without speaking. Like they're 
they'll think and each other will they'll hear each other's thoughts and they're communicating with each other um and one of them gives seven a box that has a bunch of borg equipment like a mm-hmm. borg nodes inside of it and that kind of triggers her flashback to this planet um and then she that kind of like rattles her a little bit and so she goes back to her her area where she regenerates and while she's am i forgetting part of it well actually i had a question for you about this about like when she goes back to regenerate yeah uh, that uh a continuity question that maybe you could answer for me which is that it appears that in this in this scene there are multiple hot topic you know, electricity things in that room. And so I was like, is, is like Icheb on the ship at this point or something? Like why oh, do they have multiple, it seems like they have multiple regenerators in that room now. Yeah. Um, I wonder when that episode happens. Um, let me do some quick research. I've still, Cause you're, you're right. And I didn't think about it until you say that, but yeah, it does look like, cause I think before I've still the, never seen Icheb on a Voyager episode. I've seen him oh, die in, when he dies in that in one scene at Picard, Picard, but, um, which seems like a real bummer, but they really, they really liked to off, um, off like ancillary board characters on that, on that show. Cause, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about another person who shows up in Picard later. He's not in this episode, but it just, I can't, I couldn't help but think of him while we were watching this. If you don't know, it's not like super it's, important. It's just, yeah. So that that episode no that this is actually before that episode where they pick up some extra board weird because it, it does look like it right because yeah it looks like, like there's there's like a bunch of them like a bank of them all next to each other but yeah yeah i didn't even think of that but but you're right yeah uh also of note the so one of these one of these three guys is uh like the main the first one that approaches seven of nine is played by an actor named von armstrong mm-hmm. who has actually played we we ran into over the last few episodes we've done we've run into a couple of these these people that have like looked through there's apparently five actors that have all played at least that have like the distinction of playing at least seven separate characters in star trek shows um he's actually played 12 separate 12 different characters across various seasons and series of star trek um i think the only one we've seen is he was the the admiral in that like enterprise flashback episode okay yeah Oh sure, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so he's he's someone that crops up again, usually under like heavy makeup, I think. But um, yeah. But yeah, that was the only one I recognized him from was was that Enterprise episode. The champ of that is like Jeffrey Combs, who is. Yeah, he kind of cheats though, right? Do they... Well, he's he's got two di- he's two different characters. Well, not not even I'm not even counting like the way ones. Like, okay, he has two different like recurring characters in Deep Space Nine. I think I think there's actually one episode where they're both on the episode. Even oh really? Yeah, because he's also in addition to being Wayun, he's also um, Brunt, who is a uh, a Ferengi, uh, a be- like an evil Ferengi who pops up several times okay. on on the show. Yeah, so. and then he's like a re- he he plays a number of. I think his thing is. I think that the the thing with him is he plays a number of like kind of recurring characters too. Like a, a lot of these other guys are kind of in like one or two episodes, mm-hmm. but he's like a pretty like Wayun and it is like a pretty regular. Yeah, Wayun's on the show. A lot, yeah. And then I think he plays a, a recurring character in Enterprise too. Um, oh, really? Okay, that's yeah. Exciting, he's I I really, I really like him. He's really good. Yeah, at he's and Sprint, So yeah, I think he plays like an, an Andorian that crops up a few times in enterprise that's pleasing to me so going back to this episode so seven like starts to examine these nodes 
um, and then takes a break and goes to regenerate. And these these other three, who it uh, it turns out are were the other three Borg that were with her in this flashback and the, when they crashed on that planet. Um, and they they come up and they try to you know one of them puts the little like assimilation probe things into her neck and they're trying to like get in for extract information from her. And she wakes up and fights them off. And I think Tuvok and like a security detail come. And I was really struck by that scene for some reason where like. I don't know why, but like the scene where the security people come in and they just like, I can't remember seeing another Star Trek show that where like the the gunplay looks like that, where like they come in with like their hand phasers and they just go, you, you see like this big like choo, 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 choo. Like there's like, like they, they like fire like several shots like toward, like they're all on stun, but they, they fire yeah. like f- several shots toward these people and kind of like fell them. And I was like, usually you see like, it's like, you know, unless you're like in like a battle, like an actual battle scene where there's like a two way firefight going, like it just kind of, it's like a one and done, but like. This yeah. Like and it's usually like more of like a beam, right? Like they hold it out and it's like, yeah. yeah. And like they like, yeah. And odd, yeah, it was a little little note, but I just was like, I was just like, oh, that's weird. The weird looking, like when when that happened, but yeah. And so they, you know, they ca- they capture them, and then uh, they do a lot of exposition. So we find out that these three these three people used to be drones with Seven, and then something happened that none of them can remember when they like after this this time that they were crashed on this planet that they were linked directly to each other and then later on they so even after they kind of escaped from the rest of the Borg they still in the same way that kind of all Borg have this like high mind that they communicate with each other the three of them just have are like kind of these shared mind at all times so they're always hearing each other's thoughts and feeling each other's feelings and kind of have no they like are almost individuals but but still kind of share a mind with each other and and that still don't have their own individuality and the and then in the flashback that kind of paralleled or i guess right before we have this find it we find this out we go back to the flashback of when they were on this planet and basically kind of the longer that they were separated from the collective all of the three of them while they were on this planet were starting to remember things about themselves as individuals before they got assimilated into the collective <laughs> which did lead to one scene that i don't think was intended to be funny but made me laugh because they're they're all like having the like experiencing these painful memories of like you know the the one guy is like my you know i spent my life like caring for my parents and then the board killed them and i got assimilated and you know the one the one lady like used to serve on a starfleet ship and then um <laughs> the one guy like looks at <laughs> while they're like reliving these memories the one guy just like holds up his his like borg arm and was like this is not my hand yeah, i want my hand too. back <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which, like i found i think funnier than it was intended to be but yep yeah um, yeah so they're like starting to remember who they were and like want to be individuals again and not want to go back to the board one thing i thought was kind of cool was that w- the the woman of these three she was she is a bajoran um you know which is like unusual because it's just like seven who's a human like you know the bajoran are not in like the delta quadrant but you find out at the end that she was actually on a a ship uh, she was like she, she she was a starfleet officer yeah and so, like, the, you know, at one point when the Borg were attacking the Alpha Quadrant, they must have assimilated her. Yeah. And back then. Like come then back and then. To... Yeah, yeah. 
And it's actually, she's on, she's on the Excalibur, which is a ship that is in multiple episodes. Of, you know, you don't see her in um, in TNG, but you see her ship multiple times. In, oh, really? I didn't know that. Episodes. I remember her saying she was on the Excalibur, but I didn't realize that was a ship that had actually appeared. Yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly actually, we were talking about the Klingon Civil War and Gowron's ship and stuff in the last episode, and it's, it's that's, that's primarily, it's in uh, that they're in that episode okay. or like one of you know that that plot line so but yeah and so they find what kind of as they they keep explaining that they're trying to figure out a way to separate from each other and they think that seven has the key to that because none of them remember sort of what happened when they got reassimilated by the borg that made them connected to each other in this way and so they think that you know seven is being the other person there maybe she remembers and so there's there's kind of a really good seven moment where uh basically they i forget who it is that she's talking to at this point maybe it's janeway i think she's talking to janeway and she says that basically the you know she doesn't remember either but she thinks that you know the only option is if they were to reconnect her into the same link that the four the three of them have maybe they could kind of all together put their information together and and come up with an answer but Mm -hmm. that would have a risk of either injuring her or of her being sort of also uh joined with them and like unable to get back out and and she's not sure she wants first of all she's not sure she wants to like relive these painful memories but also she doesn't want to like take she's not trying to decide whether she wants to take that risk for these other people or not and Janeway asks you know well do you think of these people as your family and she kind of stops and thinks about that and because and what Janeway said is that you know people will do things for their family that they wouldn't do for anything anybody else and Seven then has this moment with Naomi Wildman who we've I think seen a couple times on the show before but it's basically this you know this kind of child that's on voyager that develops this very kind of close relationship with with seven of nine and and so she asks her like naomi do you think of me as family and naomi's like yeah i do and she's like i also think of you as family and they kind of share this little moment and then that's when seven decides to also help these other drones yeah, I liked Naomi in this episode. I thought she she did a good job. Like she was like a kid, but also like she seemed very like sensitive to like she like she know she clearly like knows Seven and knows that Seven has some you know issues in her past that like sometimes she just has to kind of go deal with. I I thought that was they had like a nice relationship in this episode. Yeah, yeah, they really do. And so so then they they do this link thing and go back to the to the flashbacks one more time and sort of what we find out in these final flashbacks is that all of the other drones were basically decided that they didn't want to go back and join the collective because they were having these memories come back to them and decided that now they want to escape from the collective and go back to being individuals and seven gets very because seven was assimilated as a child she had doesn't have those same like memories or kind of sense of humanity or individualities and all she knows is the collective and so she gets very scared of anything different than that which is kind of a recurring thing for seven is that she like anything that's sort of new or unfamiliar very much like frightens her because she's used to just the order of the collective and Mm -hmm. so because she becomes so scared of this and like the rest of them are don't want to rejoin the collective and she does she actually puts this this node within them that relinks them to each other so that they'll kind of fall back in line and rejoin the borg and so you find out that kind of this 
you know, this thing that they, they always thought it was like this terrible thing the Borg did to us that we're trying to escape for the rest of our lives. Like it was actually like seven of nine that did it to them. And, and that, you liked, you liked that, that was the part that I, that I liked that kind of revealed that like, yeah, I thought made it brought kind of like this very, like gave kind of the story kind of a depth and like a difficulty that it hadn't, like I was kind of dragging up till that point. It was just like, okay, there's these flashbacks and like, they want to go back to the collective, but the Borg are going to come and get them anyways. And it was moving very like slowly up till that point, I thought, but I thought that was a very interesting reveal and like interesting kind of character thing for Seven to have to deal with that like she had actually done this like bad thing to these people that like the, you know, kind of traumatized them and like their whole motivation is because of like something that she had done to them. Yeah, I I don't think you're wrong. I just think that like, like I said, like the, I think that like the Borg as they exist in like TNG are pretty perfect, right? Like, like they're, they're one of the best uh, bad guys that's ever been in, in Star Trek. And I think that like, the thing that's scary about them is that they are like is that they are a, they're like a, a kind of like a almost like a voracious uncaring collective and that you know there there is that they no, don't like, act out of them. any like emotions or passions or yeah and so all of that stuff in the flashback even even the revelation it just I struggled with it because I just kept on thinking about I Borg the Hugh the Hugh episode mm-hmm. where it's like that that episode kind of has a similar starting point which is that there is some kind of an accident I believe right and then the Borg that ends up being called Hugh is separated from the collective and and even and and, and they try really hard to kind of like you know rehabilitate him or whatever but like it's so much harder for him to make any kind of headway at all and he's alone like than, than it is with these people who to the, to the point to the point where like they end up actually giving him back to the Borg at the end of the episode you know and it, in this episode like and obviously like, he has some individuality there but it's like it's so hard for him to like overcome that like process and so like watching this where like I, I, I guess like I was immediately like not on the episode side when they get out of the when they get out of the the ship and they all start like talking to each other out loud they all start to yeah, they all start talking to each other out loud, and like they're all they're they're already like using their like, personal pronouns, which is like which is like a huge breakthrough that that happens to Hugh in the in that episode. Yeah, and and it's just like oh, it right, it's really like the reason like, he's called Hugh. Um. Right, and, and that's and that's like that's the kind of the same pro- one of the same problems I have with you know the episodes we've done with the Borg Queen and the episodes and the Unimatrix Zero episode where it's like I feel like every time they try to give us more insight on the Borg, it just it kind of like turns them into just like another group of aliens where it's like oh they do have interior lives they can all go to the Unimatrix Zero to hang out or they do you know the, the Borg Queen she's like dramatic and she talks to herself and, and it's like yeah she's like any never, other like villain leader of an army yeah yeah, and she and she gives like verbal commands to the people who are in the same room with her, and it's like you watch TNG and and like they, you know, the drones never talk, you know, like they they and like that's what's yeah. good and scary about them is that like they almost they're not even like aware that other the people exist, you know, unless they start like threatening them, and and so like at the end when she does this, I'm still just like this just seems like a like it's it's like it's like one of two things, it's like either you can't blame her because she's still basically under the Borg influence, or she's taking way too much initiative you know and she she's acting on too much emotion for 
how long she's been separated from the collective and so are they and so like i don't know it just really it it i think that like the the the, the kind of the character like conflict they're trying to set up i get it and i i don't think that's like wrong to try to like do that stuff it's not like i have a problem with like finding out that one of the characters did something bad you know i think we generally enjoyed that episode where where balana like launched that nuke you know a few voyagers ago like you know i don't have a problem with that it's just like i i just feel like every time we watch a borg episode it just kind of demystifies them in a way that never adds you know you know just like we were talking about in the last episode how they kind of add this klingon stuff to the canon in that episode that we actually kind of or at least i kind of liked you know it's like oh this actually kind of like adds a little bit of complexity to them and i feel like every time they do anything like that on this show it just kind of takes something away that i like about them Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean like i'm I'm not saying you're wrong or anything i just i i i kind of was watching i was like i get it but i just it's it was just tough for me yeah i think that i think that makes sense i think it is yeah that is definitely a problem that voyager has with the borg is they they do take a lot of the kind of the mystique and the what makes them borg away from them that yeah i don't think this does as much as as like the the Borg Queen episodes do, but I do I do get how it has kind of that same sort of feeling when they crash on the planet and like with presumably within like hours are are all kind of like back to being individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, and they never there was there were times where I was like trying to justify it to myself internally, where it's like when they start talking to each other right away, I'm like, oh, why are they doing that? And then I was like, well, maybe like they have some kind of protocol where like maybe because they're they're disconnected. Yeah, maybe like they link. don't have a link, and so they, they can't communicate with each other otherwise or yeah but but they never like say that and like i think even if they did there should be it should be a little bit harder for them to talk to each other right away you know and and there's also just a lot of stuff even in the present day stuff where they would be like i am not individual and it's like well you're using the i and like you know when something is your thought versus someone else's thought so it's like i didn't even necessarily think that that was like super well-defined in the way that they wanted it to be. It, yeah, because yeah, it seems like they kind of like hear each other inside their heads, but are still, they still like are individuals. They just are hearing each other inside their heads. But then they talk as though, like every now and then the way they talk, it's like they are one yeah. organism or collective. Yeah, that's not super well defined. And I think they were probably a little bit too proud of their like portrayal of that. Like they keep doing these things where like they like all talk at the same time or kind of leading into each other. That, <laughs> yeah. You're just like, okay, I get what you're doing there. There, Yeah, there's some real uh, finishing each other's sandwiches vibes. Right. Yeah. I I will say, though, I will say, kind of getting back on track, that I, I... I do like the final kind of Yeah, so the the thing. last kind of story beat that happens after is when they when they have this revelation basically Seven is able to kind of separate herself and I th- it, it seems like because it's such a like emotionally traumatic experience for her, she kind of pulls herself out of this link. But then the other three of them go into shock. Uh, they call it neural shock because of, of the stress of it. And so they're all kind of incapacitated and the doctor says that, you know, they have two choices that they can either remove you know now that they know where she's put in like these these nodes that they cause this link they can remove that but they've become because they're of the state they're in they would only be able to live for like a couple of weeks in that state and then they would die but for those couple of weeks they would be completely individual and would have this they would have lost this connection with each other and he says the only other way for them to actually survive is to give them back to the borg and have them be sort of reassimilated into the whole collective and they'll go back to just being kind of these like mindless drones that are part of the whole collective and and 
it's he essentially like leaves that decision up to well he doesn't even really leave that decision up to seven seven has to kind of talk him into it so he is the doctor says this thing that i am not sure i agree with because he says like i'm a doctor it's my duty to preserve their lives for as long as possible and so he he wants to send them back to the collective because that will actually like keep them alive which is kind of the only concern he has initially and seven convinces him like she says that you know they would if we're up to them they would rather be able to spend a short time as individuals which is what they've really wanted this whole time even if it meant that they would only live for a couple of weeks rather than go back to being part of the of the borg and so she decides and then she kind of convinces him to to remove this link and let them sort of wake up and be individual for a short period of time well yeah one of the things i liked about that too is that she kind of like that was my favorite scene I think in the episode was like their conversation because like she's also like she says to him you know you you used to be more of a program and like we like like me like you you and I are alike and that we we both used to be just like kind of automatons and other people made the decision to allow us to experience like a more full range of living you know and you know would you want to go back and yeah he's like, like no I would, choice, I would never want to go you? back you know? yeah yeah and so i uh i i i liked that like kind of like you know their conversation like felt like a like the, the conversation about like what to do about it it felt it felt like more interesting to me than like the seven's culpability or lack thereof hmm. i guess okay yeah, I thought it, I thought it was interesting. I'm, not, I'm was, not saying you're wrong. I just yeah. think that was my reaction to it. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting kind of decision to have to make as well. Of like, is it like it what you know kind of what the that choice between like is being alive kind of the end all and be all, or are there like different priorities that supersede that? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like, is it worth it to like keep keep them just like not dead, but at all costs, or is it better to like be alive not as long, but to have what they what they're looking for out of it i don't know that the, yeah i thought it was interesting to kind of look at those priorities and yeah the the scene between seven and the doctor was i thought really good and kind of the pointing out that that thing that they share between them and with them yeah i, I think yeah there i think to me this episode like the stuff that i kind of carried me along was i think that regardless of like my feelings about like some of like the plot workings i think that like jerry ryan does a really good job of kind of like carrying like the trauma of her past experience with her and like you can kind of even though she's suppressing like her reactions to it you can kind of see it and she has like a very expressive like eyes and stuff you know yeah. uh that you can kind of see what she's thinking and then also just like I know we've seen some other Borg episodes for the show, but I was struck again, for whatever reason, this episode, I thought that the Borg designs looked super good, like, especially, like, the one that... Yeah, that is one thing that definitely, I think, compared to, like, when they appeared in in, uh, Next Generation, like, visually, the design of the Borg in like in Voyager and that is it's like more like streamlined and like intricate and interesting mm-hmm. whereas in Next Generation it's more just kind of like people with like large bits of metal stuck on them mm-hmm. um yeah, um, yeah. She, she. I thought she looked really cool in this episode, and so I, I did enjoy like from that aspect, like watching the flashbacks and being like, oh, like she looks rad with that giant like thing coming out of her eye and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah it was it was good stuff. So I don't really have anything else. Like, do you? Do you? Is there anything else you wanted to kind of wrap up with? Any anything? You know, your thoughts on either the the episode as a whole or just anything we didn't really get to talk about? Not really. I don't think I really have much else to say about okay. this one. It was it was fine. Again, I yeah dragged for a while it I, th- I think had so. some interesting bits i i do agree that like the the one thing the borg episodes do have going for them is it really does get to kind of feature uh her as a character and as an actor i think she mm-hmm. does a great job 
but um, yeah. and I think kind of is at least I, at the time I think was kind of underappreciated for her actual like acting ability. Um, yeah, well, because of I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think kind of, again, kind of like a common outfit is... a common criticism of Voyager was that like they brought that character on halfway through just to like boost ratings among teenage boys but and i can't say that they didn't you know that's the thing <laughs> right like I, I i think she's great but like you know that outfit is pretty inexcusable like kim kept on commenting on it like while we were watching she was too she just like couldn't get over it and yeah even i've i've seen like even like years later i don't know i don't think that i guess i i, I don't know but I, I don't think that jerry ryan and um uh why can't i think of her name right now the person who plays marina Sirtis, oh uh Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. I don't think that Jerry Ryan and like Kate Mulgrew have like a bad relationship, but like even I've, I've seen like little interviews or like appearances at like panels and stuff years later with Kate Mulgrew, where she's like commented on like, you know, how weird they treated her for the first several years of the show where they're always screwing with her hair and like doing, didn't really know like how to make her act, you know, where she wasn't feminine enough or she was too feminine Hmm. or whatever. Like something that like none of the like male captains had to deal with. Right. And then, and then she kind of like i was reading this thing where she kind of was then like kind of like you know and then they bring the person with like the bodysuit on you know Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't think that she's necessarily commenting on jerry ryan but like you know yeah that that also probably was annoying to her like just from like a you know i'm i'm like the main female character of this and like and you're like oh well we got to get some we we need somebody attractive yeah we got some curves in here you know but yeah but i feel like for you know sort of that's kind of i think what that character was defined by for a long time or like whenever people would talk about it but like she actually has in my opinion like a lot of acting ability and and really does a good job with like the sort of emotional and character depths of of seven of nine that is pretty impressive and yeah i yeah i think that she the jerry ryan is i would get i would say probably like one of the better actors in star trek and like for that role and and just i think she really elevates that a lot so that is you know as always like even if i'm not pro the episode i'm pro pro jerry ryan yeah. Well, thank you for everybody for listening. We come out every other week, so in a couple Sundays we'll be back at you talking about Strange New World, which is season one, episode four of Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> Another in what we talked about last time of just like, have we really just never had an episode called this yet? Yeah, right. And uh, no, I, I believe, you know, think, uh, all, unless something falls through, we're going to have some guests actually for the uh, next episode. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to try to make this maybe an annual thing uh, that every June, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see. We're going to try to cross over or around the time, hope, hope, I'm hoping anyway, that we can cross over with the That's Not How Science Works uh, ladies. So they are going to be on this episode all, you know, in, um, you know, Lord Willing, The Creek Don't Rise. And I think we'll probably do something uh, up theirs. I'm not sure what they're actually working on right now um, on their show, but we're going to do a crossover episode. So they'll be on the next episode. And I think if we, you know, if we do one of theirs, you can listen to us on their feed as well. Yeah, we're excited. We had a and lot so of fun with them last time. Yeah, that will be fun. And, and actually, I think they've actually both seen more episodes of Enterprise than we have. So that'll actually be kind of a an interesting little reversion there um, where we, we, they, they can school us a little bit on, on what's going on. Yeah. Um, but as yeah, so you can come back in two weeks for that, uh, in the meantime, you can uh, go on our website, which is out of contracts at podbean.com or so You can email us at out of contracts at gmail.com. We can visit our Twitter at contracts, or you can go on our YouTube page, which is out of contracts. Contracts are spelled C O N T R E K S. If you are listening, want more podcasts to listen to, uh, and you're done with our back archive or, 
our, our backlog. You can go listen to the other podcasts on the Kaleidoscope Media Network, which we are a part of. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. That's Not How Science Works, which is the aforementioned uh, science and pop culture podcast that we have crossed over with before. And uh, Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those guys out. And uh, until next time, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye.